The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. It's a big night tonight for my first guest, Dancing with the Stars, the final. What a buzz this year's series has been. Ex-Ireland Eurovision entry, Brooke Scullion. She's been taking some time out from her schedule to chat to us this morning. And she even has some Southeast links that she'll tell us about as well. But the Dairy Girl joins us this morning on the Sunday Grill. You're very welcome. And I, I shouldn't say Dairy Girl because there was a Dairy Girl on Dancing with the Stars, but you are a girl from Derry, isn't that right? <laughs> well, I am, but you know, I actually lived with Leah. Yes, in so the apartment in Dublin. Leah's, Leah's actually Newry, and I'm Derry, so I okay. she's like the adopted Derry girl. That's the joke we have together. You are the original <laughs> Derry girl, Brooke. I'm the OG. Yeah. Do you know, we actually, I did um, extra work on Derry girls. I so read me and Leah that. were in the same room. So you knew Leah, oh, you didn't know each other, okay. No. Now, on a scale to Derry Girls, you were in Game of Thrones as well. You worked on that for, what, nearly a year, didn't you? Um, it you was did, incredible. You did the Eurovision. Dancing with the Stars, on the scale of Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, which one of those kind of hits the peak? I'm sorry, the this Dancing with the Stars has completely taken every award for being the scariest thing I've ever done. Why is that? And I know now? that's hard to believe. It's just... It's a completely new skill. Now I know I'm. If I did, if I didn't do as well as I have, it's not a reflection of me. But in my head, I've always wanted to be a performer, and for that to be like executed properly, you have to dance. And I was like, I. They asked me to do it, and I was like, right, this is my Jennifer Lopez moment. I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna take this and run with it, and if I and I'm gonna do my best and throw everything at this competition. And I guess it's just really scary because you've only got since November to practice and then from that you're on your own you do live shows you have a few days to remember all the steps and then that's it wow all the steps i just i I, all the steps would be my issue do you do you find that you naturally have been picking up on on each dance each week well i think that us the musical ones have definitely had as a bit of an advantage like uh, there's no lie in that me and damien have been in high pressure situations before and and that helps but it's a different type of pressure so uh, while we have our own coping mechanisms you have to kind of adapt them to 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 dancing and Damien's been incredible in this competition with me like he's from Derry as well so mm-hmm. it's brilliant knowing that there's a northern connection there um but like this whole living in Dublin everything has been incredible and my confidence has even went up again in different uh, different levels of performance and and I'm just so grateful. We've had such a fun time. And I think that's the main thing to take away from it because they warned me it would be hard work, but they also told me it would be the best experience of my life. Oh, and I can imagine. Been. When I see the videos that go out every week, it reminds me of, you know, going to the Gwail Talk and, and becoming a little family in those few weeks and, you know, yeah. like being in a really lovely clique. Is that what it felt like? It's honestly, see, now that there's less of us, it's crazy. We're like, do you remember whenever there was 11 couples here and now there's only four? We all are just, we're all in the same position. Everybody now that's in the competition deserves to win. So it's like, there's just this camaraderie. There's no, there can't be any, you know, um, uh, what's the word, bad sportsmanship in this. Mm -hmm. Like, there can't be. Everybody started off in the same position. Everybody's now in the same position and everybody is rooting for everyone else. It's just a matter of luck on the night. And and I think the dancing's already done. Like, you've seen us dance now. Mm -hmm. It's more about, like, who who just comes out on top. It's anybody's game. Mm -hmm. And you're busy. You've been visiting schools and stuff like that. It's It's been quite hectic, hasn't it? 
Oh, we've been everywhere. Like during the week, we went to schools. So we went around all schools in Dublin. We went to performing arts colleges. We went home and all the schools closed early in the local area and came and seen us in the tap house. And look, today, and it's anybody's game. And it's just been an incredible journey. I have loved every second. Can you tell us a little bit about your dance or dances tonight? What are you, what are you looking forward to? Do you know what's so funny? We had the past that we've the our judges' choice. I don't know if I can tell you that. Maybe I think you I kind of slipped it there. If you caught that little slip, <laughs> you can kind of guess. Okay. What. <laughs> um. So basically, um, we have a show dance to Dua Lipa's "Hallucinate," which is like a, a like homage, I guess, to my Eurovision journey and and the pop world that I'm kind of in. I guess, and, and it's a very much a tribute to commercial dancing, salsa. We're doing a wee bit of cha-cha and tango in there. Robert's really thrown everything at this dance. Brilliant. So I guess, yeah, we've had a great time. Just your portfolio. Show them what you can do. Hey, tell us about your Southeast links. Is it a Wexford connection, which I'm very proud of because I'm from Gorey in County Wexford. So it's good to hear you have a connection there. You're from Gorey. My from... granny's from Gorey. Is she? <laughs> Yes, I swear, all the Doyles. <laughs> oh, she's a Doyle, a very Wexford name, Brooke. So she's Isn't a true it? Wexfordian then. And is she living in Derry as well? Oh, she is. So she actually moved. She moved when she was 16 to London by herself. How mad is that? It was a different time back then. But like she just goes home all the time and, and we go up and visit. We actually, um we go there in the summer and it's like always when there's a big birthday or something. Wow. On. Now that me and you are basically family, you kind of have to favouritism, well, like favourite me and, and Robert and yeah, vote for us. It's going to be you all the way, <laughs> a true Wexford woman, Brooke. I am, I am. I bleed, I bleed purple. There you go, purple and gold. Remember that. You'll have to learn the song now as well. There, you can incorporate oh. it into into tonight when you're shouting out, <laughs> shout out your Wexford folks as well. Gosh, small oh. world. How has living in Dublin been for you? Because, you know, you went, you're from Derry, you went to college in Derry, to university in Derry. Was it tough for you being in Dublin or did you enjoy that kind of time when you didn't really know people? Do you know, I... I um a very sociable person but I'm also very I like my own time and I've been living by myself for a long for like a while now mm. and I guess I kind of call home wherever my head lies to be honest I have loved every second of living down in Dublin being away from home growing up um I definitely feel like I've matured since I've been on this show you've mm. no other option yeah. <laughs> you're in the spotlight 24 7 and and it's just it's been unbelievable it's been unbelievable and I, I know I keep saying that but Living in Dublin's been an experience in itself, and and I'm I'm very lucky to be getting this opportunity mm-hmm. at this age. Do you know, I'm only I'm nev- 24 this month, and I've <laughs> never heard anyone say they've had a bad experience with something like Dancing with the Stars. It seems to be a really positive experience for people. A hundred percent, and I, I was recommended it by so many people. So when they came to and asked me to do the show, I was like, I was the first one signed. I, I was the first yes. <laughs> I like that you admitted you were like yes let's just do this so what do you oh, think tomorrow week winner or not winner what are you going to be doing once it's all over are you going to take a holiday or are you just going to get right back into next stage of your career funny you should ask so whatever happens tonight if I win or lose I miss, we have to do press on the Monday mm-hmm. I have to leave my apartment from Dublin on Tuesday okay out you go and on Wednesday I fly to Perth for a month long tour of Australia oh wow <laughs> singing yeah yeah singing but I haven't done in ages wow that's going to be a different experience now you'll be dancing on the stage as well I know I know that 
I'm actually shocked. Like, I probably have more confidence now dancing than I do singing, which is a, such a like a paradox for me. And it's good to have something like locked down for after something like Dancing with the Stars because it'd be hard to just go back to regular day to day stuff, wouldn't it? This is what everyone's kind of talking about now, like all the rest of the contestants. We're all saying the come down of the show would be huge because most like most times in other shows you get a day off. And in this show, it's all consuming, like Monday to Monday to Sunday, you're in studio. Like we train, what, four hours on Monday, eight hours Tuesday to, to Friday. Saturday, we're in nine to five in the studio and then seven to half nine on the Sunday. Wow. So from that to Perth, how bad is that, eh? Ah, we just have to go and win it now. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Well, look, tonight is the big night, of course, half six on RTE1, Dancing with the Stars. And you can follow Brooke as well on Instagram. She always puts up lots of stuff from the behind the scenes at Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> and what she's up to it is uh, Brooke Scullion, if you want to search for her there. Well, best of luck as a Wexford woman to another Wexford woman. You're the one I'm rooting <laughs> for today. Thank you so much. That's just because I'm the only one on your show. Well, now, I would say to no one else, Brooke, best to look with everything. It was so lovely to talk to you today. Thank you so there much. There you go, people recognising you. You are a star. <laughs> Thank you. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. What a week it's been for Wexford's Blaheen Ennis. The jewellery designer saw one of her creations take, or many creations even, take centre stage at the Oscars champagne carpet when actress Kate Conaghig, star of On Colleen Cune, contacted her to accessorise her Oscar outfit. It's not the first time that Blaheen has met Kate and she's on the phone to tell us more this morning. You're very welcome, Blaheen. Thanks so much for having me, Orla. It's great to be on. Yeah, and you're very welcome back because we spoke a number of years ago when you were starting out and things have just gone from strength to strength for you. So congratulations. Tell us a little bit about Kate and your relationship with her because she has um, come to your workshop before and bought stuff from you before. Yeah, so um, I, I guess a lot of people, the first question they're at, they ask me is, how did you get get your pieces on an actress going to the Oscars? And I guess the the entire process was just so organic and lovely and very relaxed. Um, she had contacted me probably only a little over a week before the Oscars, okay. and um, so it wasn't that much time. But she um had a dress um that she wanted to wear, and she was looking for an accessory piece. Um, and I know she was quite. She was quite clear about what she wanted. She wanted something um, a little bit different, a point of difference. Um, and she's very passionate, passionate about Irish creativity. So the story is so lovely because she has purchased jewellery from me in the past and she's two sisters and they own some of my pieces. So I think they had said, like, why don't you try and call her? Maybe, you know, she'll answer her phone, which I did. And um, it kind of started the process from there. So um, naturally, if someone calls going to the Oscars looking for a piece, um, you're not really going to ignore no, it. You're not going to be busy that week. But a week, was that a bit of panic stations? Um, I think, you know, I'm so used to things in this industry. I, maybe people perceive it to be like so planned in advance and it's actually not. Um, with shoots and stylists, you're, you're constantly kind of on the go and um, you have to be prepared for last minute things. So um, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. Um, I was lucky that 
I was fortunate that we had arranged, she's from Galway actually, um, Kate, so she was up in Dublin um, the same day I was and I was able to meet her and, um, you know, we were able to try everything on her and we had the dress fitting as well. So it all worked quite seamlessly in the end. So you saw the dress before anyone else did at the Oscars and it's a quite a champagne dress itself, isn't it, for the I champagne did. Gar- I did. Yeah. So the dress is um, it's a rental piece, oh. um, which I think is just great because it's really, you know, it's it's a really nice, sustainable model. And um, we got to see it um, in person. And it, obviously for me, it's lovely to do that because, you know, you want to make sure that it works on her and to meet Kate in person and she's a beautiful person and you know she's a stunning frame to wear neck pieces and longer statement earrings so it was great to you know show her them in person and I also got to see another few of her outfits that she was planning to wear so we were able to team jewellery with it as well. So you did other jewellery as well for her for other outfits? Yeah, so she um wore to the Oscar Wilde party. Um, she also chose one of my couture neck pieces. Um, to go with a very simple um black skirt and top, and it just you know when you try something on someone and it just works mm. so beautifully on them. So um, she definitely had to have that, and I thought it was really stunning. Um. So, yeah, so again, um, she wore the designer room, uh, Rhoda's gold gown, oh, uh, the kind of floor length sequin and um, mm. muted gold piece uh, from McDougall, the designer, and um, one of my spinnaker neck pieces. And I made a custom kind of couture cuff. So that was her outfit for the Oscars. Gorgeous. And you can actually check out um, some of the designs that Kate wore on your website. You have a section there called Oscars. So it's blindennis.com. You have had quite the the years and all from working in a, a workshop in Gorey, which I, I suppose people don't really think about a small town in the southeast creating jewellery for like we've seen people like Nicole Scherzinger what wear some of your designs you've worked with Paul Costello uh, like do you look back at it and think this all happens in Gorey? Um, you know it's it's really I guess for me, it's so lovely and like it's so validating because I always I I always go back to my customer. My customer is the most important person at the end of the day. Mm. And so many of those customers were my first ever supporters. And my first ever supporters were from Gory because I did my first ever show. I talk about it all the time. My first ever kind of experience selling to the public was in Spring Mount Garden Centre in Ballycanew. And I it's it's really the reaction from those initial uh, customers and their response over the years and and your repeat customers. So from from my perspective, it's just so validating for me to be able to let them know, um, you know, that their their their, their support um has eventually kind of happened, um, you know, that that this has happened to me. So it, it's lovely to let them know. And I know, like, I have a lovely local following on my um social media, like Instagram and Facebook, and they'll send me pictures of them wearing jewelry they've purchased. But I think, like any creative profession, like I know so many designers and. They're based in little studios all around the country. Um, you know, uh, my my good friend Sarah O'Neill, um, we have participated in the Brown Thomas Project Create for a number of years. So we've a, a great relationship now because we're, we're we kind of love that show every year. And um, 
her pieces featured on um, the Oscars as well. Oh, wow. And we were both we were both messaging each other. And I said, oh, my God, this is so exciting. I can't believe our pieces made it to a world stage. And I had stayed up all night to watch it. And I think she fell asleep. Her, her movie that she dressed them in won the Irish Goodbye. Oh, wow. And they were up accepting the Oscar in her beautiful uh, pocket squares. And I was like, Sarah, you need to wake up because your pieces are all over TV. You get it, um, though. It's a very, very long night to be watching the Oscars, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So like she's another example of someone working. She's in Northern Ireland. She's a small studio, everything. She illustrates herself. Um, and we were just saying how lovely it is to be supported. Mm. Um, you know, we're not huge worldwide brands, um, but that people are passionate enough mm-hmm. to, uh, I guess, showcase our work on a, on a world stage like that. And it's a week on now since the Oscars. Have you seen an uptake because of Kate wearing your stuff? Is there more? Uh, have you felt a bit of a buzz in the last few days? Oh, absolutely. Like it was incredible when when I found out and she was like, I'm definitely going to wear these. Um, And then I was like, great. So I know definitely like certain editors were getting in touch um, when they found out because it's it is a big story. And it is again, it was such a it's such a world stage. But I think particularly this year with the amount of Irish nominations, there was a huge buzz around it. And so, yeah, like ever since, it's just been so nice. Like just again, um, messages from customers, emails and my uh, college NCAD sent me a lovely email and um, just different things like that. It's so lovely. And of course, Gory Community School um, where I loved the art class there. So um, just, yeah, it's been they're also supportive and lovely. And um, yeah. And it's been a really see, nice experience. And lovely to see it on the world stage as well. Have you, your work is really recognisable, Blahin. Have you one particular piece that kind of holds a place in your heart for you? Or, you know, are they, do you just let them go and, and live in the world and forget about them once you've done your designs? Oh, gosh. Like, obviously, every everything I do design, um, I, I like to think, obviously, that I would wear it also. And I do have in my collections favorites that that I particularly love. Um, I think what is special about the Oscars moment is that the, the pieces Kate did choose are actually very, very special to me because I personally um, really, really enjoyed designing them. Um, and the, the, especially the piece she wore to the Oscar Wilde party. Um, it's a couture neck piece, but that was one of my original designs from my college degree, believe it or not. And I just knew when I made it, because I had gotten so much reaction to it from my peers in college, who are all very artistic. So um, I just kind of thought, God, maybe that that there is something with this. And obviously I, I've, I've remade it now, but um, and, and she wore that piece to the Oscars. But yeah, I, I would say, probably the most special thing about that journey with the Oscars was that the two pieces that Kate decided to really focus on wearing were two pieces that I particularly love. Oh, lovely. And a a journey is a perfect way to describe it. And what a journey you have been on. If people want to check out your designs and everything you do, well, Blaheen Ennis is the website. And as I said, that's where you can see some of the designs that Kate chose. And of course, Kate was in on Colleen Kuhn, which was such a gorgeous movie as well and a great moment for the Irish language to to see it go to the Oscars and Kate McConaughey chose pieces from Blaheen's collection you can check out Blaheen as well on Instagram if you search Blaheen Ennis and I'm sure we'll speak to you again Blaheen but thanks so much for chatting to me on this bank holiday Sunday 
Thank you so much for having me, Orla. It was great to chat. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. You're listening to Beat 102-103 in the Sunday Grill this weekend. And pet care experts, Pet Mania, are sharing their top 14 favourite dog walking routes to Ireland. And the southeast of Ireland features a lot. It's to encourage pet parents to get active with their four-legged friends. It's part of the Operation Transformation campaign. See what they did there? Operation Transformation. And champion dog trainer and expert in pet behaviour training, Samantha Rawson joins me this morning to tell us more. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Orla. Now, this is where I feel really guilty, Samantha, because I have a doubly sprained ankle at the moment. So my dog walks are out the window for the past two weeks. So I'd say my dog, Maxie, gets maybe five minutes of a walk. And I I really notice the difference in him. Um, Yeah, I suppose he's used to going out and about, but it's not the end of the world. I can give you lots of tips. Okay. how to entertain him and stimulate him at home. Okay, that would be a good one because he's not the most entertaining or stimulating at the moment. He's quite the slob like us all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's your favourite uh, dog walk, Samantha? What do you like to do? I like to go to forests. I, I personally don't like beaches because I think dogs can d- run too far away mm. if the tide is out. So I like forests because they're nice and interesting for the dogs and we can play lots of hide and seek. And I just forest and, and river river walks. My one of my favorite walks is down the river barrow oh, in Carlo. Um, so I, I love that kind of walk. Lovely. And um, uh, lots of Carlo and Wexford, Kilkenny and onwards uh, walks within the top 14 that have been put together by Pet Mania. One of my favorites, Raven Point Wood in Wexford, for example. And then the Castle Park Walk and Lackham Walk in Kilkenny is in there as well. Why are walks important to dogs? Because dogs um, explore the world through their nose. I mean, a dog gets most of their information through their nose. So lots of different smells where other dogs have been, where other animals have been, where other people have been, you know. So so I kind of equate smelling like reading a newspaper. So some dogs, you know, read the paper, other dogs write the paper. So some dogs love to snuff, stop and sniff. Other dogs love to leave a message on every second, you know, tree. <laughs> Okay. Um, so, so if you think of it as an exchange of information, it's it's really important because that's how dogs get to know about their environment and and the friends or foes that might be in that environment. And you know, when people talk about dog breeds, and you know, we hear things like huskies. If you like walking, get a husky because they'll need to be walked so much. And then you know, there's other breeds that don't necessarily need that much walking. Is is that true, or does every dog just need to be walked? Every dog needs to get out and about and have a sniff. I mean, even if it's only just down the road and back again, you know, it's a bit like we all, you know, knew what it was like to be told not to go out in lockdown. So so think about a dog who lives in a world through its nose. If it's in lockdown on a permanent basis, it's not nice. And it's also not nice just to do the same walk day in, day out. Oh, okay. so it's, it's, it's important to get them, you know, into different environments and different areas. Um, and it also builds up confidence. Now, there's a caveat in that if the dog is nervous, then don't bring them to different areas. Stay with what they're comfortable with. So so never go beyond what a dog is actually comfortable with. Um, don't try and push them beyond what they're actually capable of. Um, but for, you know, for your average confident dog, they like to be brought to different places. There's nothing more boring than going on the same walk day in, day out. OK, I never even thought of that. Will a dog tell you when they want to walk or is that just putting personalities <laughs> on dogs? <laughs> oh, no, they usually do. So some dogs are really quick at picking up patterns. 
Um, one of my dogs years ago, I think I took him out accidentally after Carnation Street. And I think <laughs> I must have done that twice in a row. And then on the third day, as soon as Carnation Street, he heard the tune to Carnation Street. He was like, come on, let's go. Oh, um, so, <laughs> so, that's not great in the so, winter now, Samantha, to have to go out yeah. to Carnation Street. So some dogs are very, very quick at picking up cues. You know, if you put put on your boots or your pick up your keys or whatever it is. Um, so it, as long as it suits you, great. But um, try not to become a slave to the dog. Dogs are, are very good at making us slaves. Oh, yeah. I feel um, so <laughs> guilty that my dog has not had his hour long walk in two weeks. But I, I live with someone who says that the dog is grand because we have loads of garden. Is, is that true? Is he OK out sniffing around where he's from, where he lives? Yeah, you can you can maybe throw his dinner out there, maybe scatter okay. feet uh, in the garden. Um, so that he has to do a little bit of work to to find his dinner. But also if he plays ball, did you say he's a springer? No, he's not a springer. He's a very large kind of advertised on the rescue place where we got him as a labradoodle. Definitely not a labradoodle. Just a big slob, Samantha, is the only way I could describe him. Okay. Playing ball okay. and going into the water is is not for Maxie. Just living the high life is for Maxie. OK, so he, so he doesn't play ball. So no. Would he would he go and search for food? Oh, he would. He loves his food. OK, so so maybe it's scattered feed, as I said. But if you want to try and teach a dog to play, what I tend to do is put food in a sock and kind of scrunch the sock up into a ball. Oh, OK. Because we got one of those big Kong kind of things, you know, those that you stick the stick yeah, the food yeah. into. That was too much for Maxie. He didn't understand that. So a sock might work he, better. Yeah, because he's probably never been taught to play. So he doesn't mm. know what toys are. Yeah. So to you, it's a toy. To him, he's going, what are you throwing that at me for? Yeah, because you know um, what? He was about seven or eight when we adopted him. Yeah. So, you know, he was yeah. an outdoor dog now living the highlight inside, you know? Yeah. So so, so I would try and start with, with socks. And even if a sock is too much for him, maybe um, scrunched up newspaper with a treat inside. Okay. You know, anything that's that's kind of natural to a dog. I mean, toys are quite alien. Um, to some dogs. So mm. so a sock is more natural or a bit of scrunched up newspaper. Okay. I won't or, do or the sock, Samantha, because Maxie loves a sock. <laughs> okay. I don't want to start yeah, going down that route of giving him socks. Yeah, but then he will play. Yeah, so there true. you go, Orla. We've hit on something. He okay. will play because if he picks up socks, what do you do when he picks up a sock? I take that sock off him or I find it in the corner chewed up. Okay, so there you go. That's where you're going wrong because if you keep taking it off him, then why would he play with you? Okay, I get it. All okay, right. so so I understand that you're obviously trying to keep him safe, <laughs> but I would always praise him for picking up the sock <laughs> and then trade it for a little bit of a biscuit. Okay, he'll love that. He's going to be even living an even yeah. higher class of life that he's been living for the past okay. four or five so he, years. So, he, so there you go. He will play. He just doesn't play the way you expect him to play. Okay, yeah. I'm, I, I'm putting my personality on Max and I am failing miserably, it would seem. <laughs> <laughs> He sounds like he's a very happy boy. I wouldn't worry about it too much. Oh, good, good. Well, look, um, this is all part of Pet Mania's Operation Transformation campaign. It aims to highlight the small but effective changes that pet parents can make to make a, a big impact on pets' lives. And it's not just about walking, of course. It's about um, feeding your dog quality foods and stuff like that, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's feeding them the right food and different different dogs need different nutritional mm, and requirements. And different stages so, of their lives, I presume, as well. Yeah, and different stages of their life. And again, if you've got an old dog, you know, he might need as, need as much exercise as a, as a a younger dog and very important not to overfeed them. Okay. You know, so try and give them healthy treats. You know, Petmania has a huge range of of treats and chews and all sorts of things. So try and stick to the healthy stuff rather than the sugary stuff. Dogs love, love sugar as much as we do. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's but it's not great for them. So okay. so try and give them healthy stuff. I'll try and stick to that one. Do you feed your dogs once or twice a day? My dogs generally get fed twice a day. Okay. Um, I think 24 hours with an empty stomach is a, is a long time. Mm-hmm. And nutrition is is connected to behavior as well. Okay. Um, so, so there's a whole new field of research about nutrition. Um, going on at the moment so so the the general kind of advice now is to feed a dog twice a day once in the morning once in the evening okay and I went um, to not double, not double the amount okay so the same amount half it, just yeah. divided and I went and got um the very fancy you know high protein food for Maxie recently because he just follows us around the house all day looking for food and he won't eat mm-hmm. it he won't eat it. Oh, so like he will eat it after a fact. It could take hours. So again, I'm being told he just has to get used to it. But I'm feeling sorry for him turning his nose up at the very expensive dog feed. OK, so if you if you put a bowl of food on the table and pretend you're eating out of it, like as if you're eating, you know, crisps or something. Okay. And when he begs, give him a bit of his food. Oh, OK. Great okay, idea. And then and then. And then slowly he'll probably get into it. Also, if you sometimes if you hold the food in your hand and let it soak up your scent, mm. sometimes they'll eat it if it if it smells of the of your hand because your skin will will smell of what you've eaten. OK, I'm going to try that one. That's so, a brilliant one. Maxie's life is going to be different from here on in. And if you want to get tips on how to make your dog's life healthier and happier, well, then Pet Mania has it all on their operation, Transformation. And the best place to look for that is petmania.ie. Samantha, it's always great to talk to you. Thanks a million for joining us on the Sunday Grill this morning. Thanks, Orla. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. It is the Sunday Grill on Beat 102 and 03 and my next guest is celebrating one year in business this month. Jill Ormond created Jilly's Children's Boutique in Clonmel in March 2022 and completely changed her career in doing so. And she is here this morning to tell us more about going home to Clonmel and starting a a new business. No mean feast, Jill. (laughs) Yes, I was working for a property developer in Dublin. I think like everyone with COVID, I decided that just that wasn't for me anymore. Okay. And how long were you in Dublin before uh, you made that decision? 20 years. Wow. Yeah. I'd always worked in property and I'd gone to college there and look, I had a great job. It was brilliant and everything, but it just, I think I, the company changed with COVID mm. and I just didn't change with it. And if anything is going to change during COVID, it's going to be property. Yeah. And I just wasn't, I found the, the, the Zoom calls too much. It was like a busy day and I think he never kind of stepped away from work during COVID. Mm. And like I remember even I think it was about I about say three or four months after, you know, lockdown and I say to another colleague at work, like I don't think I really fit in here anymore. Okay. So I don't think I think the company changed and I just didn't change with it. Yeah. And you had to adapt to new ways of working and I just felt everything was about work. Mm. So the, the nice aspect of work was gone and what I enjoyed, the kind of people side. Okay, so that was just completely gone. Gone, yeah. yeah. So you're kind of stuck on meetings all day and you're kind of waiting for the day to end and it was back to back. Mm. So I just kind of felt that there had to be more to life than mm-hmm. this and was this really what I wanted to do? Mm. 
And then obviously you're from Clonmel. Was yeah. that a was that a bit of a draw as well to um, go home to where you grew up? Or yeah. was that a bit scary? Well, it was just, I suppose over COVID, I was home an awful lot. So I actually went home for lockdowns because I have an apartment in Dublin, but mm-hmm. I just didn't want to be in yeah. an apartment all the well, time on my own. So I decided, yeah, pandemic. so it was great to kind of go home to the countryside and we're from a farm and it was great to have that space and, you know, to be with family over COVID. Mm. So I suppose I kind of appreciated things about home mm-hmm. then and I kind of got used to being down there and I got to like it. Yeah, and there's so many stories like that, isn't there? Yeah. People who thought the city was them for the rest of their lives and yeah. then the pandemic changed that. I think, I suppose, when everything was great and you weren't in lockdown and you had your social life you and everything. Yeah, but just, I suppose I realised, you know, the nice aspects of living yeah. in the country and I said maybe this would be a good move and yeah. another opportunity. So when did the idea of a children's boutique come um, to you? It was... August 2020 mm-hmm. so there had been an amazing kid store in Clamel and they decided to close after the lockdown and my sister said to me would that be something you'd be interested in doing because I kind of at this stage was finding work difficult and quite stressful and was kind of saying what could I do what what would there be what could I look at that I could open or maybe career wise you know change roles so kind of then they kind of put me put it in my head and I kind of was working towards it and then in January 2021 I started did a start your own business course okay yeah so kind of that kind of led me to I kind of took the steps to mm-hmm. opening Jilly's mm-hmm. Children's Boutique so did start your own business course engaged with um the local enterprise office um did any mentoring I could I got mentoring on starting a business you know, PR, Instagram, Facebook, did as many courses I could. And I suppose it was ideal at that time because I wa- it was COVID. Mm-hmm. So I had the time to put into it and I had the time to put research in. I did an awful lot of research. I Like when we weren't in lockdown, I went and visited other children's stores mm. to get an idea of like layout, brands, design. And I actually like I... I felt that it was a good way you got to see, I suppose it was the right time. I had the time to do the research. So mm-hmm. I, I probably was 18 months I was working on it before I opened. And if people check out your website, like your shop, is, it, it's gorgeous. The, the design is gorgeous. Yeah. The colour on the outside. So that was important to you. Yeah, it? it was really important. I had worked like um, with the property developer, I had worked on a design team and the finishing end of things. So I hadn't really, it actually turned out better than I thought it would. I did on Instagram, there was a, online you can do um, engage with Dulux and we looked at colour schemes and what would work and I just ended up that it was powder blue and cream and it just there was a nice feel to it and then a friend of mine um, Johnny Keane was looking after the design and signage and it just it just seemed all to come together like I did do a lot of research looking at different stores in the UK and Mm -hmm. what way their signage was and then I went to visit a shop in Rat Mines, um, Bowen Baby. And she had beautiful, like, artistic work on the wall. It was a monkey and a giraffe and palm trees. And I asked her who was the artist. And it was this lady, Joe Murphy Art. And I reached out to her and she said she'd be happy to come to Clamel. Brilliant. So we kind of looked at, like, I love animals and different themes. And so on one wall, we have a giraffe. And then on kind of murals to the back of the shop, we have a horse and a foal and trees, hot air balloons, 
um, a squirrel and a rabbit. So just kind of different themes. Yeah. So uh, kind of a step up from what we'd expect from a children's yeah, like, boutique. I did kind of think, oh God, I'm a kid of the 80s. So I was kind of thinking, oh, well, I do have Bosco, Zig and Zag and things. And then one of my <laughs> friends said to me, no one will know who they no, are. They won't. they won't know who they are. So I kind of... <laughs> they might know Bosco. He's kind of iconic. Yeah, <laughs> I might add him. So every time Joanne came again um, last September, so every time she comes, we add something. To Lovely. the shop. So I wear rings that are the sun, moon, the stars. So we have the sun, moon, the stars on Gorgeous. one wall. And then she did a tree in the window and she has quotes throughout the shop. So now when she comes again, we'll do something different. So just kind of look at different things, add a story mm. to each wall. And then are the designers that you chose for the clothes? And it's not just clothes, you have um, accessories and stuff like that as well. Yeah, so I kind of did a lot of research in relation to that. Like I knew what kind of brands were popular. Now at the start, I had some other extra brands and I kind of realised after three weeks what was working and not working. Mm. You could see what people wanted. Mm-hmm. And from being in the shop all the time, you kind of, you learn kind of what's popular, what's not popular, what colours work, what might sell in Dublin might sell down the country. Well, yeah, true. Yeah. And are people coming to you for specific occasions? Is it kind of special wear? Yeah, it's more special occasions. Mm. Like it's say with the communions, it's the second dress, it's, yeah. you know, the little sister or mm. it's, you know, dressing the whole family for the communion or confirmation. Now I have dresses for confirmation for girls. Mm-hmm. I didn't go the route for boys, but um, I do have them for girls. And how is that going? It's going good. Yeah, yeah. it's hard to know. Like, like it's hard to know if they like them or not like them. Everyone has their individual taste, and a lot of a lot of schools now wear their uniforms, so mm-hmm. it might be just something casual for afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of gifting as well. Okay. Yeah, a lot of like, you know, special occasions, gifting, christenings. Mm. And how is the life work balance now that you're back in Clonmel and yeah, like, you're not on Zoom calls all the time? Much better, definitely. Like someone said to me, you seem lighter, which is a good thing to say. And you just definitely, like I work Tuesday to Saturday and it's just myself in the shop and it's someone that helps me at times. But um, it is full on and there's a lot on, but I just, my phone used to never stop ringing. So it's so kind of just shut, shut, yeah, shut up now, can yeah. You? Like it's just it's just great to have something of your own and to have something to work on. Mm. And look, there's loads of things I can work on, loads of things I want to do. But you can do it in your own time and do it when it's right. Mm. And I'm open a year now, so delighted that I've kind of reached a milestone. Yeah. yeah. And like there's loads I need to work on. I need to work like I'm going to go online and, you know, different things, look at different gift boxes and what else you mm. could do to, you know, mm-hmm. increase business. And then Clonmel is a town that you grew up in. Have you seen changes? Is it good to be back? Yeah, it's good Not to be back. Not just a family and friends way, but as a town itself, is it a, a bit of a culture shock for you to come um, back from Dublin? I suppose it, in Dublin, you're so used to that, like on a Monday night, you want to go out <laughs> someone to go out with, yeah. you know, and do whatever. But it's nice. It's nice to have a different way. And I think, I suppose you, you kind of grow up like you're, you know, everyone changes and yeah. you want a different life. And that's yeah. what I kind of wanted. Mm-hmm. I really think some southeast towns have really come into their own. Yeah. Well. Places like Dungarvan and, you know, they've really changed and, yeah. and become their own identity. And I think Clonmel is one of those towns too. Yeah, it's a great place. And it was never a question about me opening anywhere else. Like people said to me, would you, you know, go to... Um, Cashel or you know say 20 minutes away maybe open somewhere else and it just for me it was like I'm from Clamel I'm going to open a shop in Clamel my mm-hmm. family are in Clamel so yeah. you know I wanted to support local you have no commute eh? 
absolutely the dream yes <laughs> well listen congratulations of a year in business and especially on that career change I think so many people think about doing that and so many different aspects and advantages and disadvantages so it's a brave step to do yeah but I think I kind of felt if I didn't do it now I'd never do it yeah mm. you know and I don't think there's any right time but I think you just have to do it when you're ready like I had loads of time with COVID to plan it mm -hmm. so having that time to kind of put the research in and when I was opening I was ready to open mm -hmm. and I was ready to leave my my job of five years mm -hmm. I'd been there and you know I kind of I suppose you it would have been harder if I had been working up to that and we hadn't COVID because it would have been very sad leaving your friends. But you had that distance with COVID. Yeah, totally. Well, it's called Jillies. Jillies.ie. Where will people find it in Clonmel, Jill? Um, it's in Market Street in Clonmel. OK, good stuff. And you're on Instagram and yes, Facebook yes, as absolutely. well. And as I said, your shop is just gorgeous. The design of it is lovely. And you can check it out yourself on Jillies.ie. And if you want to search Jillies Children's Boutique on Instagram and Facebook too. That's where you'll find more details. Congratulations, Jill. And thank you so much for coming in this morning. Thank you, Orla. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. It is Beat 102-103 and we are talking movies with our very own Brian Griffin. Now, let's talk Scream. And Scream 6 is here. Yes. Scream as a franchise. Would we call it a franchise? Yeah, a for sure, for sure. Quite the iconic movie. But does 6 bring the scares? Following the latest ghost face killings. This is the blurb, Ryan. Yeah, yeah it's, it's okay. It's your job to explain this blurb. I loved, I loved just watching, <laughs> like, you say these words and you, I know when you really pronounce a word, that's when I know you've no idea what it means. You just want to say it. So now, I do understand. The ghost face. Ghost face. <laughs> this four survivors leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh new chapter. They've quite the coup when it comes to people starring in this. Oh. Like, the woman of the moment, Jenna Ortega. Ortega. She is, yeah. She's great. Is, yeah, I can imagine. Courtney Cox in there as well. And Hayden Pantier. Pantier. I'm never Pantier, sure how to pronounce that woman's name. I haven't seen her in anything in ages. Anyway, will we have a listen? I have to say to you, I listened and watched this trailer twice. Yeah. It, like, all it is is noises, really. But it frightened, really. I it, mean, it just... Scared me. Orla, when I came into you today, I stood beside you and you jumped. <laughs> so it doesn't exactly, doesn't exactly set a high standard for scares, to be fair. But, but can I set the scene? Because this phone ringing scared me. It's okay. Funny. Strange that you and I have never spoken on the phone. This is long overdue. What is this place? A shrine. <laughs> Did you miss me? Oh, that, even that gave me goosebumps. Hourly. Well, you know, you know, there's some people who love, like, who would love to be terrified like that. That that does nothing for me in a cinema anymore. Yeah. In fact, the first scream, like, I think that's one of the last slasher kind of. You know, it's uh, scream is comedy. It's yeah. who done it, but. For the most part, it is jump scares, I find. Because you know you know what I'm going to say? When it comes to horrors, I don't really find horror no, I spooky. I know, you laugh at them. But mm. Scream understands that. Scream is a movie, like there's so many movies I see and although I might say it doesn't have respect for its audience and it doesn't really care, uh -huh. like people are going to see it ever. Scream is like on top of you. It's like 
you know like you've seen every, like you've seen every scary movie you know the tropes you know what happens you know what's happened in the movies before this because mm-hmm. they they talk about the previous cases mm-hmm. but like the previous movies essentially and like we know that you know what happened in those movies now i didn't know what happened in those movies but and they explain okay it with not knowing what they happened explain in those it anyway movies. so okay. we're all good but you never know like it's it, it is it is a who done it which is fantastic because even if you don't find it scary you're finding it interesting and like myself and my, one of my friends went to see it and the two of us were literally oh it's it's definitely that guy that guy and him and it's like and then it's like one of them would die and I'm like mm, maybe it's not him then before we get into the nitty gritties like it, it's funny when you talk about horrors and how you feel about horrors and laughing at things yeah. but like a, a horror is a genre and this type of horror is, is a subgenre within it yeah. so you know it's, it's not it's kind of a light hearted hum- yes, horror yeah. yeah and you know slasher and uh, that I don't even like mm. that word I just wouldn't you know, I'm just like, no, I'm grand with no violence. Thank you. Just happy clappy for me, please. For some reason, it is violent, but not as violent. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it, I suppose it's technically more violent than a lot of movies, but it doesn't feel it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because it's done in such a, like, I suppose, dramatic kind of theatrical fashion that it's just like, oh, once the, the killer catches up with you, it's like, well, that's it now. You're, you're in trouble. You're caught out there now, but... Can we talk about the coup that they have Jenna Ortega in this? I of wonder, course. you know, pre post Wednesday, what would you say? Uh like Jenna Ortega is fantastic. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. Uh she like it's it's one of those things cuz everyone's kind of in love with her a bit, but then you see in her movie and she's like she's actually a really really good actor as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's the same way like that maybe Zendaya a few years ago. Everyone was like fascinated, but she's a really good performer. Yeah, she is uh, the up and coming Zendaya, yeah, isn't she? But she and she, we know her from Jane the Virgin. Yeah, and all these things. But yeah. she, she really like because I've seen her turning down like doing want to do TV series and stuff because she literally just likes making movies and stuff. Mm. It's like she likes make like she w- was on Wednesday. She was on screen. Like she could go into any movie she wants. She mm-hmm. could be in like Dunes or whatever. But I feel like she's just happy out to be in Scream mm. and like being these movies that she would be happy enough to watch and it comes across because she, like, she really is everything in this and she's really good in it and like there's all the performances are fantastic mm-hmm. and there's like even Courtney Cox who you'd say is all friends are like at longest yard is what I saw her in the other oh, day okay. um, she like she's really good in this you know and like she's been a character that's been in since the first one so yeah. but it's it's the performance like nobody holds back nobody's like this is just a, a horror movie. It's mm. the sixth movie in a franchise. We'll just rein in. No, no. Like they, they gave their absolute all. Every single person. And Can it's you great. give me the premise, really, like succinctly? So basically, not just two sentences. I gave at the start. So there has been, like, we're carrying on from stuff that happened before. Yes. Yeah, so there's these Carpenter sisters that were in this fifth scream, and, and they're gone. Are they're, they? They've gone to New York, moved to New York. Oh right, they're and not gone. Gone. They thought, like, they thought they were safe. They thought the the ghost face killers were gone. Okay. There's ghost face killers again. They're back. Classic, you know. Okay. Who would who would expected that? And there's nothing, you know, ghostly or it's it's human beings. Yeah. <laughs> you get but me. it seems it seems like it always seems like oh they've taken the step and it's going to be like this real like it's not this isn't a real group of people or yeah. whatever. So no, it's 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 straight up it's 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 a crime. It makes sense, and okay. everything comes across like and everything's explained and there's no like. Like, but we, for the sake of the plot, we like we we lied so that we'd be able to do a big surprise. No, the evidence is there. You can figure it out if you want. There's twists, there's turns, everything you want to see. I I have good to, like, twists and turns. Oh yeah, like didn't I, see him coming. Didn't see him coming. And I, it's just it has such respect for its audience that like it knows that it has to be better than, like you has to, it's smarter than you, and it's I respect that, like you know. Okay. 
So yeah. it's uh, genuinely, it's, it's such a fun little movie. Like, I know, you know, in over 20 years. Maybe not the, the, the best Mother's Day movie, but. No, possibly not. Yeah. a great idea to bring bring in your mummy to yeah. see Scream 6. Any standout people apart from Jenna for you in this? Because there's lots of well-known faces, maybe not well-known names, but lots of well-known faces in you know, this. Dermot Mul- Mulroney yeah. is in it. And like, he gives a really strong, like, it's because it's weird to see him as anything other than a rom-com mm-hmm, star mm-hmm. and then there's like some like little cameos from Samara Weaving's in it and uh, Tony Samara Weaving from Home and Away what? she was in Home and Away at one stage Jesus yeah. uh, Margot Robbie was in Neighbours yeah, and Neighbors. she was Home and Away yeah and Samara Weaving was in her own she was, horror of I, a few years ago yeah it's um, the Chase one it was another fantastic movie ready or not it mm. was it was really kind of the thing that catapulted her into the main mm-hmm. and she was in Babysitter as well so she's been in a fair share of horror movies as mm-hmm. well but then uh, Tony Tev, Tony Rev Ori Tony Revolori, he's okay. the lad that he's in. He's Flash in Spider Man, and he's in he's in all the Wes Anderson ones. He's he's in um, Grand Budapest, probably what he's most famous for. Okay. But like it's 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 a, like you know when they just get good actors mm. instead of like getting like famous actors, mm-hmm. they're getting good performers. Like they had Jenna Ortega from a few years ago, like last year or whatever. But like it's before she was like mega famous mm. after Wednesday. So yeah, it's I not a case of just getting a stun tired. Like she's been in the movies already, like, you yeah. know? So it is just brilliant actors okay. doing a brilliant movie. So should I go, you know how terrified I get at things? Is it a movie for me? I think you could, I think you could enjoy it, you know? <laughs> and then be carted out. The yeah, yeah, maybe. Shivering. <laughs> yeah, I'll ring you afterwards and you'd be <laughs> petrified of it. No. but. Uh, it is screen six. Um, let's give it some black puddings there out of ten. I give it like a nine. Okay. Genuinely, really, really yeah. enjoyed it. And isn't that good to hear? Because I heard Scream Six during the week that it was out, and I thought, oh, not another Scream. And that even that comes from nowhere for me. It's just you hear a number after a movie, yeah. and you think, are they flogging a horse? And yes, this is great stuff. The one thing I would say before you see it is, if you if you haven't seen any of the like the ones before it. Probably watch them in order as much as okay. you can because so not even just watch five, watch them all. If if you want, like <laughs> I I I'm, I regret not having watched two, three, four, five before okay. seeing it because they it, they do tell you who the killers are from those ones ah. in it, and it's like okay, well if I watched it now, it'll be ruined for me. But at the same time, if you'd seen them, you'd be like, oh yes, of course. They knowledge would've. is power, Brian. Yeah, so knowledge is that's power. that's on me. But I'd say they're still great movies anyway. Like you know, okay. so great to hear. And long or short or. It's it's I think it's just over two hours. Yeah, okay. two hours, two minutes. So we'll give them that. Yeah, we'll allow that. We're okay with that. That is Scream Six. It is out in cinemas as we speak. Brian, as usual, thank you very, very much. No problem at all. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102 103.